Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ladies and gentlemen, it's season two, episode 27. Daily Intermission Podcast. I'm in studio joined by Nathan Brown. Nate, how we doing, bud? Doing good. We are back. We are back, baby. It's yeah. Many moons. Three episodes of, of guests, which, you know, we'll have to thank uh, Prakash and, and uh, Pete Blackburn and, and Joshua Perry for coming on. Fantastic guests. Uh, hopefully you all enjoyed the, uh, the interviews. I mean, incredible insight in their respective fields. Really enjoyed them, Nate. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I was awesome. Um, I love talking to Prakash. That was sweet. Just getting an inside look at tennis like that. It's got me so much hooked too. Like I found like as soon as we, after we did the interview, I've just been watching binge in the Miami open now. Yeah, for sure. My biggest takeaway, I think from Prakash was just the way he speaks of, you know, motivationally and, and talking about, you know, your personal code and, and, you know, you know, what you're meant to be and, and, you know, what you envision yourself in life and, and coding yourself in that manner. I mean, Prakash, yeah, like you said, and he's such, you know, such a well-spoken individual and he's down at the Miami, the Miami open right now, hanging out with Jimmy Butler and, and Nick uh, Karagos? Uh, yeah, I, I think that's right. Yeah. Or Kigrios? Yeah, yeah. yeah so no. the Australian uh, yeah. guy who likes to hit it in between his legs. But no, he's he's doing his uh, precaution around the world, and, and he's doing really well. But uh, but yeah, I'm coming off a little COVID stint. Uh, spent uh, the majority of last week uh, at home, isolating. So it was a tough week, but uh, back on my feet. Uh, Nate, I wanted to talk about you know, undergrad universities and, and different games. I was, I was kind of, you know, surveying my Instagram feed and there was uh, typically faculties either have a big hockey game that attract a lot of the university population or whether it's a residence rivalry. And uh, obviously here uh, where we're located, there was uh, there was a big, uh, you know, kind of rivalry game going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if they still do the game though, do they? Like, I don't think there's an actual... No, there's no hockey game. Yeah. And especially, I know down a few hours away, there used to be a big hockey game as well. They don't play the hockey game anymore, which is unfortunate. Just I mean, they just, just get rowdy as hell, right? Like, oh my goodness, man. Fights and... Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, you're talking about, <laughs> you know, say two, 3,000 students who have been drinking and it sounds like there's 20,000 fans. It was honestly yeah. insane. So... So obviously, I played um, in in our in our residence rivalry when I was going to school and doing my undergrad, and um, I wanted to tell a story. So I was uh, it, it was in my fourth year. We used to take the week off. Like the week would come of the game, and we would just absolutely write it off. All the team would be hanging out, and so my parents had gone to Mexico. So I didn't live far from campus, probably about a 10, 15 minute drive. So I had the entire team over all week. We had like mattresses down in my living room. Like the entire team was standing. In there it was it was quite the experience Blood bath it, it was for sure it was an animal house that's that's for sure team bonding was through the roof i mean <laughs> boys were ready to rock and roll but that wednesday night of, of the game i decided to have a couple adult beverages probably overserved myself and i had a lovely lady oh, back no. to the house okay so all right yeah so um so i went into the to the hot tub brought her out to the hot tub had a glass of wine you know i'm a classy individual i ended up smashing one of the glasses of wine 
and stepped on it oh, on my way out to, my worst fear. to uh to to towel off and so when you're oh. when you're drinking obviously your blood is thin you know and i'm telling you right now it was leaking so it leaked all the way up my stairs uh onto my balcony into my home and my living room was draped in white carpets it looked like a full-on murder scene but I'm staying in that living room. So it kind of walks into the living room out, out the doors and, and uh, there's mattresses everywhere. So anyway, we, we spin the clock ahead six hours and there's six RCMP officers on my back deck. I can, the, the mattress were staying on is facing them. Anyway, the neighbors had come to check on the house because the lights were on. The car wasn't there. I'd cabbed there late at night. And then they saw this scene out back. So I had to explain to the RCMP officers that nothing, there was no murder. <laughs> But it's just it was, my foot bleeding. It was my foot bleeding. Anyway, it was definitely the worst hangover wake up I've ever had in my life. Oh my goodness, man! That's my story of the. Uh, That's that'll set the anxiety high. Oh my goodness! Just waking up to the police. I remember I was like kind of talking to the girls, like, "Do you want to go talk to these guys? Because I don't know what happened. Um, <laughs> I don't know why they're here. Yeah, um, where's all? Why is all that blood there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, my foot's wrapped in like five towels. But no. <laughs> uh, but no, we uh, we appreciate the guests coming on the last two episodes. But uh, but hey, we got a lot to get into. We've missed a lot. Uh, we're getting into quarter one NHL talk. Evgeny Dadinov, yeah, probably headlined the trade deadline for a voided trade. Yeah, this is a crazy situation, man. I. I Figured that the GMs would have a little more understanding of just like the contracts. What's you know, interesting is the slipped, NHL but... registry doesn't record no trade clauses. Okay. So I think that's something that's going to change in the future. Yeah. But the NHL registry, the, the, the people that you phone into and register and make the trade legit, they don't, they don't mark down the no trade clauses or modified no trade clauses so that's between the teams and the players to to have an understanding of right so and, and for anyone who's uh, unaware of what happened so uh, vegas traded evgeny dadnov to uh, anaheim he had a no trade clause i think it was like a small one maybe like a few teams and anaheim was on his list so the trade got voided and then there was a big mess they were trying to find like in the contract where it was um vegas was saying ottawa didn't include it right didn't notify them about the didn't notify uh, them, yeah. yeah so so there was some blame put on Ottawa, but yeah eventually like they said i mean and the the trade was voided and and for a team like vagas who's just pinned up against the cap you know they needed to move out this money but uh but evgeny dadinov is still the vagas golden knight he's on a heater yeah, um, seven you know, goals in his last nine and he ot winner yesterday yeah it went bar down yesterday so evgeny dadinov's looking good if they can get into the playoffs and like activate all those guys, man. They're going to be so stacked. Yeah, absolutely. it's going to be outrageous. Absolutely, but it's a full on race out there in the Pacific. We'll get it into is. it. Um, Nate, just kind of analyzing the trade deadline. I know we went over it previously with Pete Blackburn, but were there any teams that you thought did a good job? Any overpayments? Anything that uh, you thought was surprising? Uh, surprising, not really. Um, I liked what Boston did with the Hampus Lindholm. I like him a lot. He he looked good yesterday as well. The game I watched. His first two games have been yeah. incredible, man. Um. Washington, I was kind of hoping they would do a little more. I think they're kind of screwed. <laughs> the defense is just not there, yep. and I, I just don't think it's going to happen for them. I loved what uh, I love Florida going all in on it though, grabbing yeah. Drew. Absolutely. So that's uh, I, I don't think they overpaid either. I think they got a pretty good deal for him. I don't want to start the rumor mill too early, but Claude Giroux is building a house in Ottawa. Is he? Mm-hmm. Holy smokes! Well, he might be coming. Yeah, I mean, it would make a lot of sense. He's from Gatineau, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, just across the river there. So. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, looking around the re- looking around the league, I think the Atlantic Division did as much as they could. Uh, you got Tampa bringing in Haggle, and and um, I mean, they paid a lot for him. Yeah, a lot. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's having a good year though. 
Lord, I bring in Sherratt and and uh, and and Claude Giroux and Boston bringing in Hampus Lindholm and and uh, and yeah, the Toronto Maple Leafs bringing in Marge Giordano and uh, I'm not really sure about the Colin Blackwell character. Um, I know he's kind of a young, speed, speedy right winger, but yeah. kind of a journeyman. But yeah, we'll see what happens, man. That Atlantic Division is an absolute free for all right now. I mean, there's going to be a lot of shifting around, especially if if uh, if Florida can kind of come back to the pack a little bit. Uh, it's going to be interesting uh, down the stretch. Kind of disappointed Chikrin or Kessel didn't go anywhere. I was yeah. really rooting for that uh, Kessel return to Boston. But. I, I think it's smart for, for Arizona to hold on to Chikrin. Obviously, they're yep. not going to be good anytime soon, but it's just such a great contract. He's such a great player. And, yeah. um, you know, if, you need to have some pieces to be, you know, to minorly competitive and for you've got to attract fans somehow. Yeah. Um, so and they, they're not, they're going to have a few of them there in the, Arizona State ranked next year, so five. They got to fill that place up. Five thousand. I mean, the student body will fill that up. Yeah. Well, exactly. You yeah. know how weird it's going to look on TV. Oh. It's going to be such a w- odd camera angle, and just like the rink, like the rink is going to look so weird. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I still can't believe this is going on. This is an NHL team. They're playing in a university rink. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be interesting stuff. to see. But the Pacific Division, Nate. I mean, it's been what a race it's been. Uh, you've got Calgary and, and Los Angeles who are at the top of the division, but then you've got Edmonton and you've got Vancouver now and Winnipeg and uh, well, sorry, Winnipeg's not in that division, but in the, just in the West in general. I mean, you got a ton of teams fighting for those last few spots, and you know Vancouver feels like they've uh, they've got an opportunity, and uh, you know a team like Dallas in the Western Conference is is kind of on the you know on the fence of making it in. So yep. I mean. It's it's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, out, out, out west. I mean, we've got the eight teams that we said with Pete are solidified in the east. I mean, there's going to be no changes, just just positioning. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but man, Calgary looks good. Edmonton looks good. Edmonton I'm surprised they didn't go out and get a goaltender. To be completely honest with you, Nate. I mean, I don't know if they can do it with Koskinen and and, and Mike Smith. I, I just think goaltending is going to be the biggest issue for them. Well, you look at it. Even last night, I caught the first bit of the game, and it was just it's three goals on six shots on Koskinen right yeah. off the start, and it's like okay, well. Here we go again. Yes. Like I, 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 they're gonna have to do something in the off season. You'd think, like, but then again, I feel like I've said that the last two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, you would have thought they would have done something for sure. I mean, there was goalies available, yeah. and uh, it's just it's hard to watch because you got the two top players in the league. But yeah, I mean, we'll see with Edmonton. I still think that if they. You know, if they get in, which I think they will, yeah, they could make some noise. You never know. You never really know. You just need to catch a heater with goaltending. Yeah. Um. You know, there's been bigger surprises in the in the net for sure, and and you know, you never really know what you can do with uh, Connor McDavid, Leon Drysaitel. For sure. Um. I wanted to talk about David Pasternak, man. This guy's been on an absolute heater. He's yeah. got 12 hat tricks. He's 25 years old. Yeah, that's crazy. 12 hat-tricks in the National Hockey League. This guy's such a thoroughbred scorer, man. He's such a great player. And this is the first season, really, where he hasn't played with Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand. I think it's just such a testament to how much of a player he was. And I didn't give him his full credit because I said he was playing with Bergeron and Marchand and that those guys, their chemistry and unselfishness is just, it, it's at the top of the league. But but Brad Marchand's been playing with Taylor Hall and Eric Halla, and man, his his productivity hasn't slowed down at all. He's looked incredible, man. Yeah, he had kind of a slow start to the year, but he's been so hot lately. I remember at the start, I was like, oh, geez, like maybe he was, because even when you mentioned it, I was like, maybe he was like kind of, you know, fed off Bergeron more than I thought he did, Bergeron and Marchand. But um, yeah, he's on an absolute tear, man. You have a hat trick yesterday, right? Uh, two days ago. Two days ago yeah, uh, for yeah. the Islanders, yeah. Yeah. Um, not against the Islanders. Who did they? Who did they play? Who did they beat? Um, oh, Tampa. Right. 
Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Tampa. That's yeah. right. Uh, but uh, but no, I mean the Bruins have been incredible. Uh, they're storming up the Atlantic Division, and this is a team, man. You got Jeremy Swayman and Linus Allmark. It's a duo, but Jeremy Swayman's their guy. He's an incredible. Yeah incredible goaltender um and i was listening to some of the toronto media talk about if there was a boston toronto series first round talking about the goaltending who wins the goaltending they said toronto won the goaltending what? if you look at the defense who wins the defense in my opinion hampus lindholm charlie mcavoy brandon carlo and macro looks a better top four than what the bunch than what the toronto maple leafs have obviously it might be a, a tad biased and then you've got the best defensive centerman in the NHL. He's having his best statistics season on the defensive side of the pocket, Patrice Bergeron. If you could shut down that Matthews line, have fun with the second and third line of the Boston Bruins. I was actually looking at that in the standings yesterday. I was seeing how they like they kind of matched up right now. So if like playoffs started today, yeah. I just don't think there's a shot for Toronto in that series. You know, it's the same thing every time they play. Well, but it just yeah. seems like Boston's like from the games I've seen, they're just like so – it seems like they're dialed in. Well, they're so defensively sound. It's crazy. You know, they don't give up a lot of chances. And uh, I haven't looked at the advanced stats, but I listened to a guy by the name of Mike Johnson, shout out, and he talks about how sound they are defensively, one of the top teams. And then you've got the top-end talent to match Toronto's. For sure. You know, maybe not to the extent of, of Matthews and Marner, but when it comes playoff time, these guys have the games that adapt and have seen success. So we'll see. I mean, that's a biased take, I know. A lot of the Toronto fans will disagree, but I think Boston's not the team that Toronto wants to play in the first round. But is there no. a team that Toronto wants to play in the first round? They're probably going to be underdogs in every series, but a series against Boston. I think the books would probably make Toronto favorites. Yeah. No, um, yeah, they definitely would. I mean, they're always cup favorites too, every single season. And it's like they haven't won a round. I, but just to touch on teams you'd want to play if you were Toronto, I think the only ones you'd really want to play would be like the Rangers, maybe the Capitals, and maybe Florida. Florida, just because they're unproven. But like, I don't know. I like I like what Florida brings. Like they're they're uh, they're also just buzz out there, man. For sure, they're I think dialed. It almost looks like to me. I've only watched a few of their games on the road, and I've watched a few at home. At home, it just seems like they're a different monster. Yep. I was watching them last night in Ottawa, and it didn't look like they were all together. And it, it, you know, they had a big comeback, obviously, and ended up never winning the game. But um, and Bobrovsky stood on his head, man. That guy played incredible last night. Uh, but yeah, we'll see, man. Yeah, a team like everybody's given Florida a lot of credit. Obviously, a very scary team. But if we want to talk about you know unproven like we say with the Leafs and unproven with like we say with the Rangers you know what have they proved nothing not much since 96 as Pete Blackburn told us exactly (laughs) so no man it's exciting we've got the playoffs just around the corner Nate the Norris Trophy's heating up I did want to touch on the Norris Trophy I mean you got Roman Yossi should he be in the Hart Trophy talk I mean, maybe, man. I mean, he's not. What is he on pace for a hundred points? Mm-hmm. It's absolutely ridiculous. You got. It's. It's just gonna. Like, I don't know who's gonna win. Like, usually, it's. It's a little more. You know, you kind of have the understanding Clear of cut. who's gonna get it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But, I mean, you got Hedman, who's just Hedman. You can literally have him there every year. Makar, best, defense, best yeah, defenseman. Yep. Exactly. And then yep. you got Makar. He's got twenty-four goals. Yep. Which is just outrageous. Yeah. Well, he's only he's he's played two less games than Yossi, and he's six points back. Yeah. Yeah. Seventy-three but, points. Yeah, but he's not getting like as much like hype as. McCars usually gets. Yep. If that makes sense. Um but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm feel I'm pretty torn. I feel like Yossi's gonna get it. Yeah, I, I feel as if too, and I think it's it's deserved. Like he doesn't yeah. like think about Makar and think about the team that he's playing on and right. think about, you know, the uh the problems and mismatches that other teams have to match up against. When I think about, you know, the Predators, I don't think of think of them as a very scary team. And I think of a guy like Roman Yossi as being their best player. Yeah. 
by like bar none. Like no, like another you know. factor that would go into it is I feel like a lot of people probably didn't have Nashville making the playoffs this year. Yeah, well, that's just it. Yeah. And then you have Yossi having a crazy year. That I think that's why going like, off. Park him into the Hart Trophy. Yep. Uh, running as well, but uh, but Nate, we're gonna move into quarter two of season two, episode twenty seven of the Daily Mission Podcast. We're talking National Basketball Association, the NBA, New York has changed laws and will allow Kyrie Irving to play home games. This is this is substantial news for the Brooklyn Nets. This this is their second best player. I mean, 1B uh, in my opinion, he's played just tremendously this season. I mean, Kyrie Irving's been such a monster and uh, and they're going to get him at home, man. This Brooklyn Nets team like this is a team like I I'm, I'm kind of I'm eyeing them out to come out of the East. Like this is a team that's uh, that's scary. I mean, they get they pulled a lot of pieces from Philly. Like even Seth Curry last night went off. Yeah. Uh they absolutely de- dismantled the heat who have been struggling which we'll get into uh but uh but that's big news for the uh, for the brooklyn nets name for sure what a circus it's been to this whole year you know it's just been over and over again it's like okay you can't play you are playing like not that he has been playing but like even the mass thing we talked about one of the prior episodes like when he's sitting on the sidelines yeah and now it's finally changed so we can play because i mean remember when it first came out that he wasn't gonna play home games we were like what's he gonna do in the what are they gonna do in the playoffs yeah. Is he going to go play the road games? But yeah, just to touch too on, uh, you said this is a team that could come out of the East. This could be like one of the first, like if they stick around that eight seed, like this could be the first eight seed that maybe ever goes on a run in NBA history. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that East is just like, what are they? They're, they're in eighth place, but I think they're only like eight games out of first. Like those first four teams are all within one game of each other. And uh, it's just the Eastern Conference is as tight as it gets. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I don't want to be playing Brooklyn at any point in time. Yeah, they're only uh, seven and a half back of first. Yeah. So, which I mean, is it, crazy with, with, you know, with the team that struggled that much. Uh, and I mean, you don't even have Ben Simmons back in the mix yet. So we'll see if, uh, if he can play. And obviously expectations would be low with him. But uh, but it was an interesting case in Miami this week. Jimmy Butler, there was a timeout clawed by the Miami Heat late in the game. They haven't been playing well. And Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra, the head coach of the Miami Heat, had a huge exchange, yelling at each other. It was unbelievable. I'd never seen the likes. It looked like they were going to have a fist fight. Eric Spolstra slammed his clipboard. Jimmy Butler, man, this guy's a bit of an interesting character. Obviously, in a sport where it's judged by the amount of championships you've won, mm-hmm. that's typically how your legacy is built in the NBA. This is a guy that hasn't done anything in the league. He walks around with just so much entitlement and gets in a almost in a fistfight altercation with his head coach. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. What was the thing that came out in the media, too? He said... Um he said to the coach, he's like, yeah, you guys couldn't play with me or, or you guys couldn't play now or something along those lines. I'm not sure. I didn't hear that. Okay. Um, but that's, uh, I, I mean. Pull it, up. it was him and oh, somebody else. I can't remember. Somebody else brought it up. And then he said to the coach and stuff, he's like, yeah, you guys couldn't couldn't play right now or something like that. Or you wouldn't have made it in couldn't, this era or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's, this guy is, he, he is a bit of a circus act and everywhere he's been, he draws so much attention, but I think that he are still going to be a scary team come playoff time, but they've been struggling. You know, they're, they're falling, they're free falling out of that first place. I think they've lost five games in a row. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, where they end up uh, when all the dust settles. So we're, I think we're just under 10 games, nine games, 10 games away from the playoff starting. So it's going to be, it's going to be wide open there in the Eastern conference. Yep. Nate, I'm not sure if you saw Josef Nurkic, uh, the, the center in Portland. The fine? Uh, he got a $40,000 fine this week. Uh, he was walking off the court. There was a young fan kind of giving it to him. Looked like a college kid, and he took his phone and he biffed it, and got right in his face. It was—I mean, I had never seen the likes of of a, of a player hawking a fan's phone. Uh, but uh, but it's interesting, man. You know, what do you think? 
of fan conduct and chirping and getting in people's faces. It feel I feel as if we see it a lot more in the NBA. In hockey, there's a bit of a gap. You can't really yeah. get that close to players. But in the NBA, you're right there. And uh and yeah, you really gotta watch your conduct. But I'm on kind of on the side with Nurkic. Like, you know, I get that you can have uh, drinks and, and I get, you know, the chirping can be, you know, there's definitely a fine line well, with what you can say and what you can do. But didn't that come out and say that they, like he was like so he was like chirping his grandmother or something. Yeah. 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 So it's like, I, I think that's fairly deserving. Like she passed away from COVID. I think that's fairly deserving to throw the phone, but it seems like there's been so many things lately too, but what was it? Did you see the Devin Booker one where this guy's like chirping him down the sidelines? He just like, shut up pussy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, one, sit yeah. the fuck down and yeah, shut it's, up. Yeah. It's like, yeah. holy smokes. And they get fines, but like, it, I mean, like <laughs> you just like, Honestly, though, like you, you're coming like I, I like yelling and screaming at games and, and chirping and, and doing that stuff. But if they're face to face with you and you're in, in striking distance, like, man, like, you know, th- there's one thing, I guess, chirping during the game of play. But anyway, I just I don't I don't agree with it. And obviously, too, you know, you're serving alcohol. He was probably overserved. Justin Thomas ran into that situation again, too. Yeah. Uh, the other week at the I think it was at the Valspar. Um, the guy telling him to do the bump and run. Yeah. He said the greens are fast to a bump and run. And he looked at the guy like, are you effing kidding me? Do you know who I am? Like, <laughs> sit down and shut up and let me play golf. It's like, thanks for the tip, buddy. Yeah, he ends up hitting a flop shot. It was unreal. But, <laughs> you know, you're not bumping and running from a downslope. Anyway, it's just ridiculous. You know, fans, they got to they gotta watch their conduct. And I think that if you say anything borderline, you get banned. Like, kick them out and ban them. Like, you know, this is a this is a state of privilege. You're at a game. It's an entertainment site. But, I mean, these are the people performing. Like, don't, uh, you know, don't, don't get out of hand here um, with the chirps. But, Nate, we're moving into the playoffs. Like I said, 9, 10 games away. Going to be electric. The NBA, you know, playoffs are going to be super exciting, especially, uh, you know, as we get down to the nitty gritty of things. The first few first few rounds are always there's always some sweeps and some blowouts, but uh, but there's going to be some fun series. Yeah, I think the East will be a little more a little more parity this year, though. For sure. I don't think it's going to be. <clears throat> I don't know if, how many teams are going to get swept coming into the East. Like when you look at it, and you get 76ers. Nets. Depends on when, who wins those play, uh, those playing games. Yeah, the, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And and how the the shuffle finish up finishes up up top. Like if I see Milwaukee kind of ending off in that one position, uh, yeah, plans could change. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Nate, we're moving to the halftime show, season two, episode twenty-seven of the Daily Mission Podcast. We got where's that school? It's been a popular segment on our TikTok with March Madness here. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna give each other schools that are located in the United States. They're Pretty famous D1 schools. I at least did ones that you'll heard of. Do you got some ones that I, I most likely know? Uh, I've got a... Yeah, you've definitely heard of the schools. It's okay. just going to be... Yeah, where they're like, at. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I, I'm expecting an 0 for 10. Okay. 0 for 10. So. Okay. Right. You you might be able to get one... I, I can see you grabbing one of mine. But you then want, again, it's... Anyway, let's get into it here. Yeah, you want me to start off? Sure. Princeton. Oh, my God, dude. It's in New Jersey. Wow. Princeton, New Jersey. Yeah. Okay. That's. I well, mean, there's that that's, 0 for 10. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, like, I'm straight up. I had it in mind. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to be like, holy smokes. Were you like scared of all last night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, United States University. I'm going to say Washington, D.C. I respect it. Maryland. Uh, it's San Diego. Is Washington, D.C. in Maryland? Uh, Where, is it considered in a. It's like, in a, it's, like it's own. DC is like its own little okay. thing. Yeah, I, its I, own state. I, no, no. It's what like, state it's just would like, that be considered? It's not a state. It's like okay. a yep. It's a district. district. Yeah, yep. I, I'm not sure what state. It might be in Maryland. Yeah, I think it is in Maryland. Okay. Yep. Yep. 
Uh, okay, so where was that, sorry? Uh, that was in San Diego. United States University. Yeah, there's wow. also America Univer- American University. That's in Washington. I've never heard of it. No. Um, Brown. Brown. That's in Mass, right? Uh, no, it's in Rhode Island. Oh, yeah, okay. Close by. Columbia. Ooh, we're staying in the Ivy League. Um, Columbia? Give me New Hampshire. New York. It's a default. Uh, it is a default. Uh, uh, Brigham Young University, BYU. Oh, shoot. Um, I know this is like central, I think. Um, I don't think I'm BYU. Um, oh, man. Iowa? It's in Utah. Utah. Okay, shoot. Okay, so it's not as central as I had anticipated. John Hopkins. John Hopkins. Oh. John Hopkins. That's the name of the hospital somewhere, too, isn't it? Yeah, there's something. There's something there you're on to. Is that New York? That is Baltimore, Maryland. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, Wake Forest. Ooh, Wake Forest. Uh, I actually think I know this one. Is that uh, is that Virginia? North Carolina. North Carolina. All right. There's well, a lot of schools in North Carolina. There like is. a lot of like big schools. There is. Uh, George Mason. George Mason. That's got to be George Mason. Oh. New York. Uh, Virginia. Oh. Yeah. Vanderbilt. That's in uh, Tennessee. Yep. Yeah. Nice work. Um. I'll, I'll, I'm going to pull one more up here just for you, just because... Uh, is it both at Princeton? <laughs> yeah, 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 so just give me a sec. Um, yeah, I got lucky on that Vanderbilt one there, though. Did you? Well, like, I've just, like, happened to have seen it before, okay, so okay. it's like... Um, I was going to be like, well, you pulled you pulled that out of your... <laughs> no, yeah, there's no way I just guessed it. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I know, one in 50. Uh, Virginia? One in 50. Yeah. Um, Oh, shoot. Do you think if you could sit down and, and write down all 50 states, you could get them? All, if I wrote down all 50 states? Like you could, like you could, you could name all 50? Oh, yeah, I can do it. Down? Yeah, I can do it from left to right. Okay, cool. Yeah. I just, there was a sporkle, if you've ever seen that. I used to do that. It's a good way to like, uh, learn that stuff. Um, holy smokes, all these ones that I'm pulling up here are just like, uh, have the name in it. Uh, come on. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. You I take mean, the at win the, at this point. Yeah, I'm, take, uh, I'm not getting it. Um, all right. Yeah. That's a tough game though for all the people listening. I mean, obviously. Okay, go Purdue. Purdue, Illinois, Indiana. I think we've done that. We've done that. Yeah, I yeah. see. Like even Dude, when we do them, I don't I, remember. No, hundred percent. No. That's what uh, someone asked me on live the other day. Yeah, it was one of the ones we've done. They're like, "Where's St. Peter's?" I was like, "Yeah, jeez." <laughs> I haven't got a clue, fellas. No, exactly. And we'll talk about St. Peter's in quarter four, but we got quarter three coming up. It's PGA Tour, and it's Sam Burns winning the Valspar Championship for the second straight season. This Sam Burns guy, man, is absolutely incredible. I mean, not getting enough love. I Honestly, he was a little wonky the week before at the, I think it was Yonel Palmer. And uh, no, it was the Players' Championship. And, and on the final day, um, you know, he didn't look fantastic, but comes back. Wins the Valspar Championship for the back-to-back seasons. This guy's a stud on tour, man. This is a guy that's probably going to see on some Ryder Cups in the future. Um, I think he's won three times in the last season on the PGA Tour. 
He's going to be, I think he's second in the, in the FedEx Cup standings behind Scotty Shelfer. Incredible player, incredible win. That course, man, I mean, the snake snake pit, whatever they call it. I thought Dude. Justin Thomas was going to be the guy that takes that down, but ended up losing. Yeah, I think that that was who I had for my one and done, right? It was yeah, JT. I yeah. think so, and yeah. Ended up finishing third. Yeah, I figured you get a little surge in the last day, but that snake pit is a mess. Oh, man. I can't believe it. Yeah. The uh, 16th, the par four, it's like a huge dog leg and... Man, the thing that continues to impress me week after week on the PGA Tour is the driving accuracy that these courses demand. And, you know, I think about driving and and hitting fairways. It's so hard to do. And these guys are doing it on par fours that are 470 plus yards. It's it's just incredible. I mean, I pump these guys' tires. But this week, Nate, they're in Austin, Texas. It's a really fun course. It's the sixth year that they've played the World Golf Championship match play. So people are unaware of the World Golf Championships. There's four a season. The purses are huge. Uh, It's the top... 70 players in the world typically it's they're usually no cut events but this is a match play event so it started wednesday it starts off in a group stage uh in groups of four it's very similar to march madness and uh and the bracket goes down from there and so uh scotty scheffler and dustin johnson will play off this morning yep. uh, so yesterday and kevin kisner who's been on an absolute here will play canadian Corey connors in the semifinals i've got outright bets on both scheffler and dj from the start of the week wow. 20 to 1 on scheffler and almost 30 to 1 on dj uh well, so so i've got a player in the finals for cash out it's an auto yeah. it's too bad you don't have the they didn't match up right now on the other side oh, and then they both yeah. won oh and it's like and hey, we're rolling yeah exactly <laughs> So you can get I can get a cash out on both of them, but I'm going to leave them both and see if I can uh, and get them both. But this Scotty Scheffler guy, man, he's won. What do you win the the Waste Management Open? He won the Arnold Palmer Invitational. He's now in the semifinals in the match play. This guy, and he, I mean, he came onto the scene obviously winning the Rookie of the, the Year two years ago, but he had an incredible performance at the Ryder Cup. Scotty Scheffler's a real deal, man, and and. Uh, we got the Masters two weeks away, and I'm say. starting to survey the field. I'm watching these guys play as much as I can because, obviously, you know, I'm probably going to enter the a couple heavy couple DF, <laughs> heavy DFS contests and and really throw some money around. I mean, we're going to be in Ottawa for it, but uh, you know, we'll definitely be sitting down and watching some. But um, but man. Who are you looking at, Nate, right now? You know, we're two weeks away. We've got next week, we've got the Valero Texas Open. Jordan Speed, defending champion. I'm not sure if he's going to go. Kind of a, not a very big event. The guys will take the week off prepping for the Masters. Then we get Augusta. Yeah. Um, you know, it's going to be tough not to take, not to look at Scheffler for sure, just yep. with how hot he's been. Yep. I think <clears throat> my one and done, I mean, I think I'm going to go Cam Smith. Yep. Um, I, uh, If I'm not mistaken, he hasn't played since he won. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the time before that, what he took a couple weeks off and ended up winning. I'm not sure. Like it's going to be, I'm, I'm going to be absolutely scouring for a bit because I still have, even for our one and done, I still have like Rom, some guys like that. So, yep. I mean, Cam Smith had a good showing. What was it? 2020 finished second. Yeah. The fall one. Yeah. The, um, the weird fall one. Yeah. yeah. Him and so, Sungjae. Yeah. Both second. But he's, he's so incredible around the greens and, and when things get speedy and fast, I mean, he's shown in the top fields that he can play. So yeah, I don't mind that pick at all, but I'm, I'm looking at some, some some big game hunters like a guy like Brooks Kepka whose game is really looking right. in form. Like this guy, every major championship it seems like he plays big. I like Roy McIlroy this year. I like Jordan Spieth as well. He loves Augusta. He's a guy four or five under on the first day, right at the top of the leaderboard. Justin Thomas is in great form. I mean, Colin Morikawa, a guy who has won two 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 majors in his young PGA career. DJ's ripping drives. DJ looks fantastic this week. He's won a Masters, yeah. so he won he won that fall one, didn't he? Yep. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see. 
you know, what Augusta brings. It's certainly the best golf tournament of the year. I mean, the music, Jimmy Nance, I cannot wait to watch the Masters and watch Augusta and find form. And do you know one individual who's still in the field? That would be Mr. Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods has not been taken out of the field online, so it's going to be interesting to see if Tiger makes an appearance. All signs are looking that it's not going to happen. I mean, everyone talks about how stressful that walk is on your legs. But if Tiger ends up in the field, oh my God, you can absolutely expect an outright. It's going to be anarchy. It will for sure. Did you see? uh, It's hilarious too. The photos, like they have, obviously they put up the photo of Tiger. Then they have the one of John Rahm. Yeah, he's like raging a putter. Yeah, that's like just back sweat for days. It's like holy smokes, folks. I mean, we've been in that situation. It's the only one they have rights to. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, the Masters can only get so much, right? Yeah. Uh, no, but uh, Nate, I did want to mention too in the MLB opening days, just a few weeks away. I've uh, been checking in on the Jays a little bit. Uh, Jose Barrios got absolutely lit up, but Alec Manoa has been absolutely hawking heat. He's looked really good. Uh, the bats are alive and well in, in Toronto. They traded away uh, Randall Gritchick, guy who I think he hit 26 homers last year. He traded them away to the Rockies, but. I'm excited, man. It's just around the corner. Um, you know, I, I haven't decided if I'm going to do fantasy yet. Like, I'm thinking about it because in the past when I've done fantasy, it's been really easy to track and it kind of keeps me engaged on a weekly basis. Sure. So so we'll see what happens. But get the uh, DI baseball fantasy going. Yeah, we might have to get that going. But um, but we'll have to throw some, you know, we'll have to do a buy-in because that, you know, ensures. We'll have to do a search around too. Like, I don't want people just throwing in money and not checking it. So, anyway, there's always yep. that commitment side of things when it comes to fantasy. But the MLB is just around the corner. We don't have a full quarter delegated to, to the MLB this week because we want to talk about March Madness. Yeah. So, we're moving into quarter four, Nate. Yes, we are. Quarter four of episode two, season season two, episode 27 of the Daily Mission podcast. And it's been it's, one of the crazier marches. It's been outrageous, man. You know I, I cannot believe St. Peter's is still going. Like I know that's just like, like I kind I'm kind of rooting for them now. Yeah, first 15 <clears throat> seed in the history of March Madness to move into the Elite Eight, and uh, and yeah, like you said, Nate, it's been electric. I mean, the Peacocks, the St. Peter's Peacocks, have looked incredible. And uh, I hit them. They were. I mean, I don't really know who's making these odds right now. The, the books are throwing me off when it comes to March Madness betting. So the other night against Purdue, they were. Plus 13. Mine, yeah. They were 13-point underdogs. Obviously, I hammered the plus 13. Should have hammered the money line. Wasn't that confident in that. No. But, uh, but man, yeah. So, they, uh, they've they made it into the Elite Eight. And, and uh, you know, what a tremendous run they've been on. Another team, man. Coach K's final year. Duke has found its way. And they won their Elite Eight game. They're in the Final Four. They're in the Final Four. They're in the Final Four. And they might play. What a way to go out. I think it would be the most electric way to be. I, I don't know how the brackets line up, but if UNC and Duke play in the final four or if they I play. I think they would play in the uh, final four. Yes. So if they beat the St. Semis. Peter's today, they'll play in the final or they'll play in the semis. Yes. That's my understanding. A I can, team that beat Duke in their final yes, regular season. They game. will. They will. So that is what I'm hoping for. Um, just due to the fact that there's such a big rivalry between UNC and Duke. And it would be such a way for revenge of the UNC win over Coach Kane's regular season to get to the final. I think it would be amazing for Duke. Nate, you, Nate, you still got Vanderbilt in, right? Or no, a Villanova. Yeah, Villanova and Kansas. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, I was, I was kind of. I mean, I'm only going to be able to have one team in the in the final. Yeah, yeah. Because Purdue obviously lost to St. Peter's, but yeah. uh, holy smoke, that was a wild game as well. Yeah, it was tight down the stretch. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of just going for Villanova. Also, I'm hearing St. Peter's coach, 
He's headed directly on a train to Duke as soon as the season's over. Is he? No, I'm making it up, but I mean, okay. somebody's going to scoop this guy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, they were pumping his tires, the uh, the St. Peter's players, in the post-game interview after the Purdue game. They were like, this guy gets us, his practices are so tough, they're so demanding, they put him up, they put us in situations that, you know, we haven't seen anything that we haven't been unprepared for, and and uh, and man, yeah, like, I mean, their defense has been stifling. It's been, it's been fun to watch a 15 seed go and yeah. make this much noise, uh, but there's only one seed there's only one one seed left it's kansas yeah man i i talk about it every year about how i'm just gonna go different on my brackets like i don't know how to approach doing my brackets i don't know i usually do i usually have a two seed winning just for like the reasoning is like i assume a lot of people are gonna have ones yep so it makes you can kind of differentiate a bit so that's what i usually go with and then i usually have one one seed making it to the final four and then i'll take a couple of others yeah so like this year i had a one a two and two threes Crazy, that's crazy. Just what I roll with, but no, for sure. And so we'll we'll get the uh, the final four on next weekend, and uh, and then we'll have obviously the national championship following. I think it's on a Monday, uh, the following Monday. Um, but uh, man, what, what an exciting time of year it is for college hoops. And uh, and like we talked about with Joshua Perry, I would like to see football expand. Like I know he was talking about six teams. I wouldn't mind eight, ten, twelve. Yeah, just because of the madness upsets. You know, having a team come in who's just not expected to beat Alabama and beat them in the first round. Like just you know, teams that you can really get behind. Everyone loves an underdog, and and we'll see what happens there. But uh, Nate, I did want to mention too to finish off quarter four. The Canadian men's soccer team is yes. they lost to Costa Rica. Obviously, went down early in the thirtieth minute uh, to a red card. So they played with ten guys all game. They all lost one nil. Uh, but they played Jamaica tonight in Toronto. So yesterday in Toronto, and this is to book their ticket to to Qatar. Go, so baby. I think they're going to do it, man. Really oh, do. I think so too. They're so close. But yeah. uh, how about that red card, dude? I uh, I was catching that. Like the yellow, the yellow was like kind of soft at the start, and then the red too. Like, did you see the whole thing, dude? The layout of it, dude. He walked by him, <laughs> tapped him dude. with his shoulder, and he dove and was holding his head. He hit his shoulder in his chest. Yeah, and it was like just the most subtle bump. This is why I can't stand uh, soccer players and the injuries. Just the amount of like the amount of times they lay on the field with injuries and they're not even hurt and they get back right up and they're flying around. It's just it is unbelievable that they get away with this type of stuff they need to have like if you're going to kick a guy out of the game and put a team shorthanded you certainly have to review that they need to go to the sideline or put a put a vr camera on the raft to show him that you know to kick a guy out yes yeah for something for sure oh my goodness it was absolutely ridiculous they made strides to like speed it up where it's like if you're if you're going to lay down and stuff you you have to leave the field yeah stuff like that but it's like it's still not this like what like what you said if you get the card and it's like you're getting thrown out for like Two like borderline things. Like the first thing, uh, I believe it's K. The first thing he did was like he got his like it was kind of just like a ball on ball. Like they were both going for it, and then his foot kind of connected with the other guys, and he goes down like he got shot with an AK forty seven. Yeah. So he's down, and then as you said, the the little nudge like there's no shot that's a red man. No, and I've been kicked out of my fair fair amount of soccer games, and and then certainly didn't yes. warn a red. Um, Greg's did though. But uh, oh yeah, I, I I used to throw a body. Yeah, um, it was actually asinine. Um, but uh, but we're gonna move into the post game, Nate. Fire yeah. wagon, dog water of the week. Who you got for your fire wagon? Fire wagon. I am going Brock Nelson. Okay, yeah, Brock he's been on an absolute heater. He's been dude. in the heater, and uh, I feel like nobody's gonna really talk about him. I'm not even a big fan of the guy, to be completely honest with you. Yeah. But uh, I'm gonna give him fire wagon of the week. He's bagging Hatties. He's scoring. He's up to thirty. So I mean, yeah. the team's got no shot, but. No, no shot at all. Lou Lamarillo came out and said that he's going to be making some hockey moves this offseason, so we'll see what happens okay. there in Long Island. Right. But uh, David Pasternak, my 
Firewagon of the Week. It's been incredible for the Bruins, who have been on an absolute tear. Obviously, hat trick. 12 hat tricks at the age of 25 in the National Hockey League. What an incredible that accomplishment. Crazy, man. And, uh, and David Pasternak is uh, my Firewagon. You got any dog waters, Nate? Yeah, it's going a little bit of a rant. It's uh, kind of what me, you, and uh, Richard were talking about yesterday. It's uh, Jonathan Taves. Okay. Dog water. Not only of the week, but of the year. Okay. <laughs> I'm calling it out early, folks. Jonathan Taves. First off, this man has 10 goals this year. He gets paid a million dollars per goal. He's absolute dust, and I think he's the most overrated player in NHL history. Probably a hot take. I know he's got three cups. Yeah, he's sick leader. I don't care. He sucks. Dog water of the year. Okay, yeah. He's definitely... Roast fall- me. He's, he's definitely... His, his play has has, uh, has has gone downhill for sure. Averages like 60 points a year. He's dust. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's tough, man. It's tough, but uh, no. He, I mean, he, he had some great years uh, for sure for the Chicago Blackhawks and definitely just internationally, you know, definitely had the country fall in love with him. But yeah, as of, you know, just recently, he's... Definitely. I don't know what he was dealing with last year. Some mental health issues. And it was like this some year. skin thing, I believe. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. So I, I mean, yeah, I guess it's going to be tough to come back from, you know, missing a whole year, but yeah, he's dust. <laughs> um, dog water of the week for me is, uh, is soccer players diving. <laughs> and we just talked just about all it. of them. Yeah, just, just <laughs> I like I, I need a little bit more toughness uh, in the sport of soccer. Uh, I need you to fight through uh, battles and and to not absolutely embellish injuries like you need to go to the hospital every time. Uh, so that's my dog water of the week. But that'll conclude episode two, episode twenty-seven, season two of the Animal Podcast. Peace. <laughs>